In our gospel today, Jesus tells us this parable and compares these two people there in the temple area, the Pharisee and the tax collector. The, the Pharisee, convinced of his own self-righteousness, completely filling himself up with, him, with himself, really, uh, allowing himself to believe that it was based on what he does. He pays his tithes on his whole income, and he does all these things, and he fasts, and that's what allows him to be this perfect person, basically. He says, not like this tax collector over here. Meanwhile, the tax collector, recognizing his own imperfections, recognizing the ways that he is dependent on God's mercy, turns to the Lord and asks for mercy and forgiveness. And, you know, I think it'd be wonderful if we had a church filled with people like this tax collector, recognizing their own dependence on God, recognizing their own dependence on his mercy and their need to turn to him in humility and to not be like the Pharisee, filling himself up with his own self-righteousness. But I think there's one particular obstacle that prevents us from being more like this tax collector. See, there's this pervading lie that enters into our hearts many times. And this lie is that if I sin, that means I'm a bad person. It's a lie. If I sin, that makes me a bad person. So when we believe that lie, what do we do? We start to rationalize, well, I don't really sin that bad. My sins, they don't really affect anyone. I'm not, I'm not a bad person. I don't really sin. And then, you know, we have our family and friends, and maybe we recognize that they're struggling with sin. But we don't want to see them as a bad person, so we, we start rationalizing it for them as well. Like, no, they're not really a bad person. They don't, maybe that's not so bad. You know, God's forgiving. They're not really a sinner because we believe that if they're a sinner, that makes them a bad person. Meanwhile, if we don't like a person, Oh, they're the worst sinner in the world. Oh, they definitely sin. We don't like this person. Worst sinner ever. We don't rationalize for the people we don't like. But for ourselves and those who we are dear and close to us, of course, we're very quick to rationalize that they might be sinner. But again, this is all a lie. The idea that being a sinner makes me a bad person. In our Catholic anthropology, who we believe we are as people, we believe that we are made good in the image and likeness of God. That is the essence, that is the core of who we are. We are made in God's image and likeness, and who we are is essentially good, even though we do have concupiscence that turn towards sin, that struggle towards sin. We do have that reality. We don't have this belief like, say, the Lutherans or the Calvinists who have this believe in this total depravity of the soul, meaning who I am is essentially bad and evil and broken. No, we believe that the core of who we are is good. But we have to, we, just because we're, the core of who we are is good doesn't mean we don't struggle with sin. We start to believe that lie that if I sin, I'm a bad person. It's all lies. But you see, because when we believe uh, that lie, we start to be like this Pharisee, you know, filling ourselves with our own self-righteousness. But imagine this. Imagine a church filled with people in humility, recognizing their total dependence on God's grace and God's mercy, recognizing that we're a community of broken people, good still in the image of God, but still who are in need of his mercy and struggle with sin all the time. Imagine if we were all able to remove any masks of perfection and to humble ourselves before our entire community to recognize that we too struggle with sin. And I'll be honest, if you, are, if you have this belief that you are perfect, you might as well leave right now. I don't know why you're here, because you're clearly not in need of God. 
I mean, you, if you're perfect, you don't need God, so you might as well leave. But the fact that you're still here and that no one, I don't think anyone is walking out, this would be a bad time if you had to go to the bathroom. You know, maybe you're starting to walk. It's like, you start to walk out to use the bathroom. If you're perfect, leave. And someone's walking out the door. No one's doing that. Thank you, Jesus. Anyway, so, you know, but if we are perfect, then you don't need to be here because you're already perfect. You don't need God. You don't have this total dependence on God. But to imagine a, a church what's able to humble ourselves, recognize this total dependence. What a beautiful thing. What a beautiful thing to be able to know that we are in good company as people who struggle with sin, that we are imperfect people, that we have our own brokenness, our own struggles as a community, as individuals, and we need to be able to turn to one another, turn towards God, and recognize the ways that we struggle. And this is, it's, it's kind of crazy. This is kind of a, what I'm about to propose is a kind of a radical idea, but I promise it's in the mind of the church, not the mind of Father Adam. As we recognize that we struggle with sin, have we been able to bring it to the sacrament of healing, namely the sacrament of reconciliation? Have we been able to recognize in humility, like this tax collector, no, I do struggle. I have this brokenness on my heart. I, I'm in need of healing. And to go to the sacrament of reconciliation. And more importantly, before I can come forward to receive the Eucharist, to recognize I'm in communion with the Lord, I need to humble myself and recognize the ways that I, by my own action, have separated myself from God. Because imagine this. I want you to imagine how humbling of an experience this can be to come forward and to not receive the Eucharist because you recognize in your heart that there is healing that needs to happen. Imagine what this could do. You don't even have to say what you've done in front of the community, but you're recognizing, I'm broken. I'm in need of healing. I have struggled with sin, and I need to go to the sacrament of reconciliation. What, imagine what this would look like. Then, so your family or your friends, whoever you're with, sees like, wow, they didn't receive the Eucharist today. And then you say, hey, this, uh, this, uh, this Friday morning, this Saturday afternoon, or I'm scheduling an appointment with one of the priests, and I'm going to the sacrament of reconciliation, would you like to come? Would you like to join me? That's how you bring your families to the sacrament of healing. That's how you lead your families to Jesus Christ. That's how we're able to come together and recognize, guess what? We're all broken. We don't have to wear this mask of perfection and try to pretend like we're perfect. It's all a lie. We are in need deeply of the healing of Jesus Christ to be able to come before him. And we have to humble ourselves like this tax collector in our gospel today. Not be like the Pharisee who fills himself with self-righteousness and pretends that he's perfect all the time. But to be like that tax collector and say, Lord, I need your healing. And so maybe it's not that you have anything even mortal sin on your heart, but maybe on the way uh, uh, here to Mass, maybe you lost your temper a little bit with your family. And maybe there's still something kind of resting on your heart and you're like, no, Lord, my, my heart's not really prepared right now to receive the Eucharist. That's okay. It's okay to be able to have that humility to recognize that. Maybe you gave the one-finger wave to someone on I-4 on your way to church today. And maybe, just maybe, you should not be putting the Eucharist in that hand that you just gave the one-finger wave to someone on I-4. Maybe you need to have that humility to say, no, I have some stuff on my heart that I need to bring to the Lord for healing. But here's the thing. Sometimes we reduce the Mass to believe that 
My reception of the Eucharist is the most important thing. The most important thing that happens at the Mass is Jesus' perfect sacrifice to the Father from this altar. And we are called to bring whatever brokenness, whatever hurt, whatever pains, whatever joys, whatever triumphs that we have in our heart, we are called to unite that here on this altar. And it has nothing to do with my reception of the Eucharist. That sacrifice between Jesus offering himself to the Father is happening whether I receive the Eucharist or not. And imagine the humility to recognize in front of this whole community, no, Lord, I need to go to you for the sacrament of reconciliation. I need to go to you for healing. Imagine what that can do to an entire community of recognizing their imperfections, their faults, and being okay with being not okay. Why are we not okay with being not okay? Why is that a thing? We, we want to, per, no, I have to be perfect. If, I, if people perceive me as imperfect, then something's wrong with me. No, it means you're human. It means you're just like everyone else, doesn't it? Because I can guarantee you there's not a person here who's not going through something in their life that they need to maybe bring to healing, maybe need to bring to Jesus Christ, need to bring here to this altar. We all are struggling in some way, and we have to be able to acknowledge that. I also want to point that we also don't want to go in a direction of a Jansenism heresy that would believe that nobody is ever worthy to receive the Eucharist. And I'm not preaching that as well, and I have to be clear on that, nor should we go in that direction. But in the Catholic Church, truth is in the middle. It's not so much that we should always all be receiving the Eucharist, and it's not that we should be avoiding the Eucharist altogether, but rather we should be coming here acknowledging what's on our hearts acknowledging what we are experiencing in our own hearts, if there's anything that needs to come to healing, and bringing it there and being comfortable with that. It's okay that we're not perfect. The only person that, two people that were perfect, Jesus Christ and his mother Mary. Otherwise, we're all, all imperfect people. And it's okay to struggle with that. And when we're able as a, as a community to recognize that, to humble ourselves, to be more like this tax collector, we can bring those pains from our heart, we can bring it to those proper sacraments of healing, we can come forward to receive the body, blood, soul, and divinity that Jesus Christ desires to pour out to us, desires for us to receive. We can receive it in that state of grace which we are called to receive it in. And amazing things can happen when this community is finally able to recognize just our radical dependence on God's grace and mercy. The Lord is waiting for us to bring those, those darkest parts of our heart here to the sacrament of reconciliation, here to receive in the Eucharist. He's pouring out his grace of mercy, and the only thing that we have to do is ask for it.